0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Welcome to Golf Talk Canada, Zakino with you, Scully with you, Weeksy with you. We got a jam-packed show. I mean, we're going to hear from Mackenzie Hughes, we're going to hear from Derek Ingram, we're going to have a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card, 20 weeks of TaylorMade updates, winter weird and what? we got Open Championship Week, which means Open Championship Draft. I mean, Bob, it is a busy time of year if you're in the golf community anyway.
2: Yeah, and this is the uh, the sixth of the six majors in the big so-called super season. So coming finally to a, a close. And uh, I don't know how you kind of top the first three were pretty good. Hideki Matsuyama with a big win that had uh, huge impacts for Japan. And then you had Phil, of course, at the PGA at 51. And John Rahm in dramatic fashion. So uh, somebody who's going to win this week is going to have to do uh, an awful lot to top those and the excitement that we got from those three.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting, and we're going to get to Hideki. You mentioned Hideki. He'll he'll be coming up in our news and headlines. Um, There is lots to get to this morning. Before we get to that, though, I spoke to Craig Lockery from uh, Golf Canada, Golf Ontario, uh, before we went on the air. I've been drowning in John Deere Classic. Uh, You've been engaged with what's happening at City of Toronto level with the golf courses. Bob, were you in on the last... uh, zoom call or virtual meeting? And if so, um, can you give us a a temperature gauge and and maybe an update on on how that is going?
2: Yeah, so this past week, they did uh, each night they did a specific uh, zoom call or it wasn't actually zoom, but it was a a call virtual call uh, for each of the five courses that the city operates and owns in Toronto. And uh, I went on the one for Scarlet Woods because that's near and dear to my heart where I started playing golf and where I started working in golf. And it it was interesting. I will say it was interesting. I think it was fair in terms of what they were doing. And it was interesting to hear. They allowed people to ask questions. They went over the procedure of why they're doing this, what they're doing. I still felt that there was a little bit of a a grudge in a lot of cases against uh, the courses and, and what might happen but I, I think it was a positive experience. There is still a survey that you can uh, fill out. I think today might be the last day. Um, maybe we can, we'll can we put that out on the uh, Golf Talk Canada uh, uh, Twitter feed. We'll get that going a little bit later. You can still fill that out and have a little say. And I asked a few questions at, at the meeting and I thought they gave me half decent answers, not fully, but um, it's a tough battle. These golf courses are under a lot of pressure to deliver. And, um, I think, uh, at least, at least the topic is coming up and there were a lot of golfers who came on. So I will give credit to a lot of the golfers in the Toronto area who got on the call, talked about what Scarlet Woods meant to them. There was a lot of seniors, uh, a lot of families who were on there and, and saying that this is an important, uh, facility and, the and the city has a right or a, a you know they need to, uh, to 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 provide such things like this, just like they do with hockey arenas and soccer fields and swimming pools.
1: All right, great. Because that was my next question to you, Bob. Is you know was there representation from the golf community, um, etc.? So that that's a good thing. That uh, that it sounds like they've come out and there is a voice and they're going to be heard and. Unfortunately, I, I you know hopefully we're able to save some of this stuff, Bob. I, hopefully, this just doesn't all go one way, and it's and this is for show. That's what always scares me sometimes. With this, is this is always grandstanding.
2: I, I think I think right now the biggest thing is what they're looking at, and the feel I kind of got was that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing decision. It means like you don't have to get rid of all the golf. You don't have to get rid of a golf course to do something else. You can use a golf course in the winter, as they did this year, where they allowed some cross country skiing. There are some areas in the, some of the golf courses where there are trails that are stopped uh, at the golf course border. They can continue, now. They're talking about continuing those on. So there's there's mixed use possibilities for golf courses, uh, as they do in a lot of places over in the U.K. Um, where we're you know like for instance the old course you can go and have a picnic on Sunday and bring your dog out and let them run around. So uh, you know there's lots of ways you can you can make this work. But one thing that was interesting that I brought up, Mark, was I asked why have you never allowed corporate sponsorship? Of events or things at these at these golf facilities, if you want to make some money, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of golf equipment companies. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, corporate companies that would love to be get involved and in, uh, and spend a little money with these. If there's a good target audience to reach,
1: uh, maybe you should just run them, Bob. By the sounds of it, because it sounds to me like you've got way better ideas than the rest of them. So I think we just <laughs> give the city of uh, <laughs> Toronto golf courses to Bob. Bob runs the show. Is how this <laughs> there goes. There we go. <laughs> All right, uh, busy show. Let's get to it. Let's start it with some news and headlines.
0: News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one.
1: Bob, they're dropping like flies at the Open (laughs) Championship. Um, Some situations a little different than others. Now, apparently, Zach Johnson has just tested positive. He he won't be in the Open Championship. We've got a list of... uh, WD some of them we're not too sure why Matt Wolf the most curious one to me is Bubba Watson um and I don't want to call out Bubba for doing the right thing cuz maybe he's just doing what in his mind is doing the right thing but this one sounds suspicious to me Bob because hey I was kind of near somebody that tested positive for COVID, so I'm going to withdraw from the Open Championship. Oh, by the way, I'm double vaccinated and I tested negative, so I'm not, I'm not carrying the virus. <laughs> this sounds like a bubba, I don't want to go over and deal with this, Like kind of like the Ricky Fowler narrative that wire players jumping through hoops and yet there's 32,000 people let into the grounds at the Open Championship. That one's suspicious to me. What do you make of, uh, of all this, and are you surprised that the names just keep falling?
2: No, not really. I think a lot of these guys realize that even if they don't test positive, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a a push. And if you've played the Open before, and you're you know it's not sort of a big novelty that it would be to go over there, then maybe it's just a little easier to skip it. Here's a list I put together of people who, for one reason or another, have have withdrawn or pulled out: Hideki Matsuyama, Bubba Watson, Zach Johnson, Louis De Yeager Kevin Na, Matthew Wolf, K. H. Lee, Danny Lee, Cam Davies. uh... Cam Davis, sorry, uh, Sungjae Im, Siwoo Kim, and Ryan Moore. So those aren't like the the dregs of the PGA Tour. Those are world class players who have opted to miss one of the major championships, and not all for uh, for COVID reasons. You know, K H uh, Lee is not going because he's he's about to have the birth of his first child. Uh, there's a few others in there, both. You know, it just just seems strange. But you're right. It's it's to me this is uh, for some guys it's just too much of a pain and a hassle. To, to go over and do put up, up with all the protocols, and it is to a little easier to stay at home and watch it on TV like you and I'll do.
1: Well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe they just want to put their feet up and say, forget it this time around. There's some interesting ones in there too from the our friends from South Korea, Bob, who are saying uh, my sole focus is is meddling, so I can bypass two years mandatory military service, uh, and if they can grab a medal. Uh, that's a life-changing moment for them uh, two years away from the game at a professional level there's no guarantees that your game is there 24 months later that two months of mandatory military service I don't want to over exaggerate it but that, that could be the end of someone's career you, you don't very hard to walk away at that level cold turkey for 24 months and go back and think you're going to step in and start winning and competing on the PGA Tour so uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch the South Korea story at the Olympic Games. Okay, uh crazy amount of winners this weekend. We will recap all the winners later on in uh, leaderboard updates in the world of golf. Uh, Jim Furyk uh, grabs the U.S. Senior Open. Uh, it was a parade, and then he made it really close, and then it ended up being a big victory. But Lucas Glover, Bob, 10 years, 10 years since his last victory, and are we going to start, is this more going to be more uh, complaining about the armbar putter? I, I, and let me let me tell you why. Of course, Lucas Glover was playing with a kind of a quasi-armbar putter. It kind of went just above his wrist for most of the season. He comes out this week at the John Deere Classic. The arm lock putter is going right up the forearm to, to the limit, to, to the elbow. So he's gone full committal to an arm lock putting stroke. He goes out. Putts brilliantly, shoots 19 under par. It's a two-shot win over Moore and Nah. It's his first victory in 10 years on the PGA Tour. And what makes it even more interesting is if you look at the history of the John Deere Classic, it's a history of first-time winners, guys that knock off their first win. Bryson DeChambeau, Jordan Spieth, yada, yada, yada. The list is endless. Lucas Glover, old-school win. I think this is a great victory. A, what are your thoughts on the win, and B... Are we going to start hearing now about the arm lock again?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, you know, Lucas Glover hadn't won in 10 years, and he won. And then Tag Ridings on the Corn Ferry Tour said, uh, hey, wait a minute, hold my beer. Uh, 19 years between wins for for Tag Ridings. So that was a big one. But, yeah, I think um, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if they're going to have to start talking about the arm bar or not. It doesn't really uh, break the rules because it doesn't have a third anchor point, technically. I saw uh, Xander Shoffley went away from it this week at the Scottish right. Open. He was back to kind of conventional putting. Um, and played
1: well, Bob. And played well. And played
2: very well. And I just think it's for... Lucas Glover is is really one of the all-time nice people on the PGA Tour. I have a lot of respect for him. And I know he used to work with Ralph Bauer, our pal, friend of the show, um, with honest putting in his short game. So... I'm glad that he's found that, but I do think that the more guys win with that, the more eyebrows that will be raised and uh, the guys who make the rules, I'm sure will start taking a look at it.
1: All right. We're going to switch gears uh, and on the other side. We're going to hear from Mackenzie Hughes on his way to the open championship. We're going to talk a lot of open, obviously today as we kick off an open championship major week here on TSN. Of course, this week we'll have a golf talk and a 60 minute open championship preview special next Monday is radio to TV to wrap up the open championship uh, Bob and Adam all over TSN Edge, TSN.ca, Sports Center. I mean, um, there's a lot to get to this week. Before we throw a break, though, I just want to uh, reiterate how stupid the official World Golf Ranking is, guys. I just want to get that off my <laughs> chest because I couldn't slip it into Winners Weird and What this week. And I would have gone on a nice five-minute rant, so I'm going to give myself an extra rant here, that uh, official World Golf Rankings, um, every time I feel like, okay, maybe it's the best system we got, maybe, and I try to give it a pass, I realize how absolutely ridiculous it is. Because John Rahm had a lovely little top ten finish at the Scottish Open this week. In fact, was in contention most of the week. Played well. Knocked the rust off at the U.S. Open. And he's no longer num- number one in the world. In fact, Dustin Johnson regained number one in the world doing absolutely nothing. And that is why the official World Golf Rankings is stupid. That's right. <laughs> Underline it. Stupid. <laughs> Fix it. Problem. Okay, on the other side, Bob goes one-on-one with Mackenzie Hughes. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Open championship with some Canadian flavor in the field, one of which, Mackenzie Hughes, playing well. The last time we saw Mackenzie Hughes at a major championship, he was in the final group. At the U.S. Open at a very difficult Torrey Pines. If you can compete at Torrey Pines, you can compete anywhere at any time. Bob had the opportunity to sit down and go one-on-one with Mackenzie Hughes.
2: And here is Mackenzie Hughes, who is about to embark on his uh, first Open Championship experience. Uh, before we get onto that, uh, just still a few weeks removed from a great performance at the U.S. Open. And how do you feel about where your game is right now as you head to the next major?
3: Yeah, obviously uh, the U.S. Open was a very exciting week for me and um, I've had some time to kind of decompress and, and uh, kind of collect my thoughts from that week and, you know, uh, a very positive week overall uh, given that I hadn't contended in major before and to put myself in the final group on Sunday was uh, was really cool. So uh, the result wasn't what I wanted, but uh it took away uh, more experience than I could have ever imagined. And, um, you know, like my, my golf game is in a good place. Um, feeling like I'm doing a lot of the right things and, and starting to see some, uh, some results from the hard work. So I'm excited for my first open. I think of all the majors, um, it's probably the one that I felt like, uh, best suited my game. So I'm excited to get over there and I hope that it's, uh, really dry and really firm and fast.
2: <laughs> so when you go to a place like this where you've never been, I don't know what your experience with links golf is, but I'm assuming it's minimal, but you know, what is, what is your game plan? How do you attack links generally and Royal St. George's specifically?
3: Yeah. So I have a little bit of experience. I played, I played two British ams. So <clears throat> I, I loved uh, my time over there. I thought it was really cool, but um, I think the, the biggest thing with links golf um, and, and I you can, I've learned a little bit from watching Tom Watson is just that uh, a lot of it is in the attitude that you take over there. Um, you were going to get some really bad bounces off some great shots and end up in some really terrible spots from those uh, great shots. So I think being able to accept uh, those bounces. And then the other thing is you really just have to make sure that you say those bunkers, um, they're essentially uh, – a full penalty shot uh, because you're rarely going forward towards the green once you're in them. So uh, a lot of strategy involved, Um, you know, and there's gonna be some times we have to take some risk and and challenge some of those bunkers. But um, yeah, the biggest thing for me, I think is, is keeping the ball in those bunkers and um, yeah, just having a good game plan for, uh, you know, the holes and then how the wind can, can affect those holes too. Uh, Some
2: pretty strict protocols in place this year by the RNA, I guess with the uh, government regulations over there. How are you adapting to that?
3: Yeah, they've actually started to loosen, I think, some of those regulations given that – not myself, but I think there are some players that uh, maybe got in their ear and said that this is a bit ridiculous because while I understand what they're going through is is similar to many other countries – you, you can't really put, you know, these regulations on us and then say, hey, we're gonna have thirty two thousand fans um as well. Um, I think it'd be one thing if they said, Hey, we're not having any fans. You know, you need to go home to your uh to your houses and and you know, not intermix with the rest of the people and all that sort of stuff. But um yeah, I, I just think that it it's gonna be a little different for sure. And um again, we'll just kind of abide by the rules that they have over there, but uh, I'm excited regardless. And, um, I mean, I'm there for the golf tournament itself. So, uh, that's what I'm most, most looking forward to.
2: I have to ask you this. Are you happy about the fact that there's no trees on a Lynx
3: golf course? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I've been offered to, uh, chop that tree down at Tory Pines by a number of people. And, uh, a lot <laughs> of people are asking me if, uh, I need to borrow the chainsaw. So I'm excited that, uh, yeah, Lynx golf will be a refreshing taste, uh, change for me. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's also a lot worse things over there than the trees. There's, uh, That's right. Gorse, gorse, bush and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully I can avoid all that, uh, that stuff and have a great week.
2: You have a busy stretch of golf coming up. You've got the open championship. You've got the Olympics, you've got the FedEx cup playoffs. How do you pace yourself and, and prepare for each one individually?
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, my goal, uh, really, or my, my focus is just on one at a time. I mean, I know I have a stretch in front of me, but, uh, the best way to prepare for, you know, all the tournaments coming up is to be best prepared for the one in front of me. And then once that one's done, uh, set my sights on the next one. And, um, but there's going to be a lot of back and forth and a lot of travel for me, which is going to be, uh, challenging just because there'll be a lot of different time zones. I'll be. Uh, in the UK then back to the States before the Olympics and then over to Japan and back to the States. So a little bit of uh you know, ping pong uh, for me, but I'm excited for, you know, the, the, the stretch I have coming up because it's just a, a really exciting stretch of tournaments, uh, first open, first Olympics. So uh, really excited for uh, the opportunities that lie ahead and just focused on a lot of the same things uh, as I would for any other tournament when I prepare. Um, but obviously, you know that the the stakes can be a little bit higher uh, coming up. But I feel like I'm uh, ready for the challenge. Well, you're trying to do something that uh, hasn't been done
2: since another Kent State graduate accomplished it, which is uh, Ben Curtis winning the Open Championship in your first attempt. Uh, we wish you all the best over there, Mac. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate
3: it.
1: Well, it sounds to me, Bob, like he certainly feels confident. Uh, Interesting what he said about maybe some of the protocols changing, that the players have been vocal and pushing back. So I take quite a few things from that interview with Mackenzie Hughes, but one of them is confidence.
2: Yeah, I think his game is in a really nice place in terms of um, his mental state. You know, one of the biggest things for Mackenzie uh, is, is essentially just trying not to get down on himself trying to keep more of an even keel. Jace Walker, his caddy from St. Thomas, Ontario, has kind of been charged with being his on-the-golf-course shrink. And when is in a good mood, in a good place, like he was at the U.S. Open, then, then he's a great player and uh, one of the best putters. Certainly, he'll get a chance to hit some more of those long bombs like he's uh, been draining this year. But I like his chances. I think he's, uh, he's going to go in, even though it is his first Open. I think he's going to go in and have a good week.
1: Do you think... Generally speaking, and you can relate this to Team Canada, but I think, you know, you could, this is general comment for the field. Do you believe that we underestimate or overestimate the difference for the North American touring golf professional leaving what is a, a traditional PGA Tour setup week in, week out, and going and playing what really for most of them is a one-off? I know the field at the Scottish Open was exceptional. Uh, we'll get to the the leaderboard later on in the show when we do leaderboard updates for the Scottish Open. I know it was, again, some of the best players in the world. But for the most part, you know, they play the PGA Tour week in, week out. They do a one-off Lynx, the Open Championship, and then they head back for the playoffs and get back into the uh, PGA Tour schedule. Do you believe that we underestimate or overestimate the importance or the the level of comfort needed in Lynx golf to compete at the Open?
2: I think if you are a relative newbie, as Mac is, you said he's played a couple of Canadian, uh, British Ams over there. I think it can be a little bit of an, more of an adjustment than it would be for guys who played there for years. I think guys who played for years understand, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Having said that, I do think that you can prepare a lot better now than you could before. You, know, I mean, Mac's going to go in there knowing, okay, I got to keep it out of the bunkers. Um, I can play it a little bit more on the ground, and I think a lot of it will depend on what kind of weather they get over there as well. But I, I would say, I th- I would say generally we probably underestimate the need to switch, and the need to change, and the need to adapt your game than, um, than uh, you know week in week out on the PGA Tour.
1: And they've gotten a lot of rain so far. Speaking of weather, Bob, so the the rough is very lush, but the uh, short range forecast now looks pretty good, pretty decent weather for the Open Championship right now. But you know what they say, if you don't like the uh, weather in Great Britain, just uh, wait 15 minutes and uh, you'll get a change, change of season. So, all right, on the other side, we'll continue some open talk. Uh, Derek Ingram, head coach of Team Canada, coach of Corey Connors. I had a chance to speak with Derek. He also has some uh, new products on the go, a new book coming out, a new podcast. A lot of interesting stuff. We'll hear from Derek next. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Weeks, Scully with you. we got a big hour or two coming up. We've got uh, Mr. Butcher $100 gift card coming up on the other side. We'll give away that. We've got an Open Championship draft, but first I had an opportunity to chat with Derek Ingram. He is the head coach of Team Canada for the Olympics. He is also Corey Connors' uh, coach as well. He's heading over to the Open Championship to be with Corey and then uh, heading to Tokyo for the Olympic Games. Derek uh, also has a book coming out and a podcast coming out. He's one of the busiest mans in showbiz he is. It was a great chat. Let's hear now from my chat with Team Canada head coach, Derek Ingram. Derek, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. We were talking off mic on how we're both very busy with the same projects, just doing different things right now. We've got an Open Championship. We've got an Olympics. Let's start with the Open because – you know, Corey's overplaying the Scottish Open right now. Um, you know, we've been chatting a lot on Golf Talk and obviously, you know, Corey's had such a great year and, and you know, the PGA was so exciting. When we were getting ready for the U.S. Open, we were talking a lot about he was working on his wedge play, uh, grinding out, you know, his game, I guess, inside 100 yards for, for lack of a better way of, of organizing it. Is that still the focus? And the fact that we're going to go play Lynx Golf at the Open – has the preparation changed at all?
4: Well, uh, the, the preparation has changed a little bit because we've been trying to get keep the ball on the ground and get used to links golf a little bit, uh, putting from off the green, using some clubs you might normally not use, uh, Mark, like using some seven irons and some eight irons and more pitching wedges. As opposed to North America, it's, it's mostly in the air, throwing 60s and 50, you know, 6s or 58s up in the air. So we've been really spending a, a fair amount of time on that. Uh, One thing about Corey hits the ball in the middle of the club face almost every single time he hits it really flush so that'll help him over in the winds and the weather at both the Scottish and the uh, particularly the open championship and so we, we like his game over there he did go over early to play the Scottish. And I think that's, you know, that's a part of the preparation for the, the Open. I hate to say it, but we want to be prepared for the Open championships. And whether the Scottish goes well or not, we're going to learn and benefit from that and be ready more, a lot more ready for the Open. So, um, you know, for the, the U.S. Open didn't go as planned. The preparation was great. And sometimes you just don't get rewarded for that nice preparation. It takes a week or two or a month or sometimes even a couple months to get rewarded. But he will, and, and he feels great about the Open.
1: In terms of the Open, what's his thought on Lynx golf? Like, what's his spirit like? You know, some players love it and really embrace it. You know, I always recall Phil Mickelson, the first decade of his kind of Open Championship career. He, he didn't really enjoy it. He felt like he kind of had to be there because it was a major. And then once he kind of got the magic of Lynx golf, he he really embraced it, fell in love with it. It translated to a, a Claret Jug in 2013. Uh, where's cory right now i guess kind of early in his professional links career um what's his level of enjoyment with this type of golf
4: i think he loves it like uh, you know he grew up in listowel ontario playing in the spring and the fall where it was blowing and it could be freezing cold and there could be snow on the ground and so he likes playing in those conditions i would consider him a player who's tough uh and would enjoy that and relish that he's new to lynx golf he played his first uh open championship two years ago and it didn't go as planned but uh you know i think this year we've got a better plan we've been working harder with a with a bit of a pulse on the majors he believes he's a person that can contend and win majors and so Uh, But it's early in his his major career. He's he's playing in them all this year and playing in more and more of them. And like I said, the belief is up after Augusta and and the PGA, the belief is up. So I think he's going to be a, and again, he hits it so solid and so flush and, You know, Tom Watson said that, uh, uh, some great advice. Hey, they asked Tom Watson, five-time British Open champion, hey, how do you prepare for the Open Championships? He said, well, I've just got a significant advantage over a lot of people because I hit the ball so solid. And I think Corey's in a similar boat.
1: I agree with you uh, and I guess, you know, we will segue to the Olympics and I, I kind of feel the same way about Brooke Henderson when she plays in the, in the women's open and, and in windy conditions, you know, uh, nothing helps in windy conditions more than solid ball strikers. To your point, Tom Watson, Corey Connors leaning that way. Before we close the door on the open transition uh, to some Olympic talk, talk. Royal St. George's, I guess it's kind of on the theme of what you're saying, hard conditions, hard golf course should lean Corey's way. You know, with the exception of Greg Norman in the early 90s, it's been hard to go low at Royal St. George's. This is not an open championship venue where you traditionally see a birdie fest. I got to think that leans Corey's way a little bit in terms of, of, you know, pars an important score. Ball striking means something. Other than that, what's the playbook at Royal St. George's? For those of our viewers or listeners that are unfamiliar with it, uh, how would you describe this Lynx golf course? Well, I think you'll have to be very
4: smart out there, and and even just discussing early this week from the Scottish Open with with Corey, like hit you know eleven out of thirteen fairways, missed two fairways, both ten out of tens that went into pot bunkers, and it's a one shot penalty mark, which is so unique for North America. Like when I say miss hitting a nice drive or a nine point five out of ten, and it rolls into a 10 or 15 foot pot bunker and you take out your lob wedge and literally hit it straight sideways and it's 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 like a one-shot penalty or a small little water hazard. And you'll have to be aware of that at Royal St. George's because there's, there's types of opportunities where if you just hit a shot that's a little bit off, it can get penalized so severely. So you're going to have to be super patient and very smart, which works everywhere in the world, but particularly over there. And I think the weather is going to play into it. And I think that's why we all love the open is because you know, one day it could be great scoring condition and you're seeing guys shoot four, five, six under par and the next day you could be literally hanging on to your hat and the head covers on your clubs hoping they don't blow away and just trying to shoot three over on that day or four over in the day. And for me, again, growing up in Canada, we get a little bit of that. So we love that. So I think, I think the viewers uh, and are really in for an unreal tournament. And I think the Canadians, including Mac, who's an unreal putter and a great short game player, are going to have some success
1: there. All right, switching gears, open championship, Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, you'll be with them with Team Canada. Um, Elena sharper Henderson will uh, will anchor the Canadian ladies squad, women's golf. Uh, Kazumiyazaka Country Club uh, in Japan, I know you've been there already. You will be heading over with Team Canada. Uh, what's the scouting report on this golf course? You know, it, it's got quite the history, uh, doing some research. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama winning the Asian Amateur about a decade ago. Uh, back in the in the 50s, it hosted the Canada Cup, which is now the World Cup. Uh, yeah. What 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 type of golf is going to get it done around uh, for the Olympics?
4: Stealing some of my gold there in the Canada Cup, uh, Mark. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to show my my very cool Olympic uh, yardage book that I'm thrilled about. Oh, that's,
1: uh, I love that. I a mean, I,
4: coach. I'm as a coach, there's probably no, no better keepsake after a tournament than, than that'll be. Uh, it was great for me to go over there. It was in February 2020. Uh, it's a 9 year old uh, traditional golf course. It's tree-lined, not a lot of thick bush like you might get in Canada in some of the uh, courses, but tree-lined, so you should be able to find your ball and make a play on it. At, at that time of the year, it's only 7,400 yards. I'm saying that uh, that's a lot of golf for you and I, but not yes, for the especially in heat. But uh, uh, but they they're expecting the rough to be quite long and thick, and then the greens to be a little bit slower. Honestly, a teeny bit like the green speeds at the Open or the Scottish Open. So I think you know, guys tra- coming from the Olympics, from the from the major, will uh, again maybe have a teeny bit of advantage because in in, in North America the greens are eleven eleven point five. They're very consistent almost every single time. But over there they could be ten or t- or even a little slower. So. Um, But I I think driving will be a premium if the rough gets long. It's not long where they need to hit driver every every uh, hole, uh, but very traditional. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Be a great golf course for Brooke. You know, when I was out walking and taking notes, taking pictures, taking videos, which I'll share with Brooke and the team in the next three or four days as they prep. uh, I think they're going to love it. Uh, Cause it really, it really suits the eye or you, you, know, you can shape. you know, you're, when you're standing on the tee box, you know exactly what you need to do. You're not wondering, uh, Oh, this is a dog leg, right? I'd like to shape it a little bit left or right, or at least fit my ball in there. So uh, it's going to be an unreal tournament, smaller field, great for Canada. We've got great players. who have got a chance to medal and, you know, we're really hoping to make history here. Repeat some history from the early 1900s. Sorry. I
1: think we've got a great chance in both men's and women's. I'm curious, uh, Derek, you know, you've got obviously a different relation with Corey than you do with Brooke, etc. You're moving from the Open Championship where you're you're staying staying with Corey. Uh, you know, you might be working on specific things in in his game early in the week. How do you transition? How do you go? Okay, I am moving from professional golf coach to head coach at Team Canada. Uh, how hard of a trans- transition is that? And, and do you you now start to play a little bit more psychology psychologist for the team in terms of raw, raw other than the information sharing that I know you'll be doing?
4: Yeah, for me, it really helps because, uh, you know, both Brooke, uh, cory and mckenzie are, are dragons uh long-term members are our junior team our amateur team are, are pro squad so uh and i've got a great relationship with all of them i actually coach Brooke it when i was coaching our women's team a little bit so i i can get along with her although i'm not there for the entire women's, so i'm just helping them trans it, really sharing information about the the course and and intel uh before i leave but i'll be there for a few days with the with the women's side but you know in my, i coached mac for 11 years and i coach you know still like a like a son to me and uh, Corey, i still coach so it'll be an easy transition uh and, and as a head a coach of, of a team here it, it's a bit more global but certainly uh, i'll ask the guys hey how, how do you want me to coach you and you know in, in the case i have relationships with and i know they're going to want me to coach them like they have for the, i have for the last bunch of years um so there's a teeny bit of psychology involved uh, there's a lot of, you know, just helping them prepare the right way, not over-prepare, not under-prepare. They're there so early, Mark, that, you know, we want to be ready, but you don't want to be tired, and you want to have some energy for the third and fourth day. Um, and so, uh, and, and there's a lot of logistics involved with the, with the, uh, the Olympics work if you stayed in the athlete's village, you'd be an hour and 15 minutes away. That's almost three hours of travel time. You'd never get that at a PGA tour event or an LPGA tour event. So we're staying actually in a hotel closer to the golf course in our own little bubble, which I think gives us a distinct advantage. And so we've got a few of those things in the back pocket that I can't, I can't share with you. I'd have to, <laughs> but <laughs> we've got a couple things that, you know, we, we feel are going to be advantages for our team.
1: That's great, all that recon done early, great communication, great relationships. No surprise that communication relationships is the key to being a successful coach at your level, at that Team Canada level. Okay, uh, before we let you go Derek, because obviously the entire country is going to wish you luck. Uh, we're polling, we'll all be watching, um, and we'll all be like re- very much engaged with uh, Team Canada at all levels. I know you've got a podcast. I was just watching your Twitter feed the other day. Um, it, your Twitter feed, by the way, at D Ingram Golf, at D Ingram Golf, if anyone uh, wants to jump on uh, uh, Derek's uh, feed and, and should, especially now heading to the Open and uh, in the Olympics. But this is a cool podcast. Uh, you take one person as a student and do an entire episode around that one individual's problem, game, etc. cetera. Do I have that right?
4: No, what we're doing is this okay. is going to be it's gonna be like a, a five or six month journey. We're selecting one person. Oh. The bottle will be every every two weeks, roughly 30 or 35 minutes. And this person is gonna be a you know a, a 80s to low 90s shooter, and it's a journey to break eighty. We're calling it Project 79, and uh it's it's to help this person get from a, a low 90s or a high eighties shooters into to breaking 80 on a more regular basis. We're gonna bring in some other PGA tour experts. Uh, I'm going to be the head coach, the lead coach, but we're going to bring in John Graham for putting and and a couple others. Lou's a a strategy expert and a stats expert from the PGA tour. We're bringing in a fitting, fitting expert. Uh, from a company to be determined and and we're going to help them with some new golf clubs and and so every two weeks we'll just kind of catch up on their journey practice planning Uh, we've got uh, Mike Carroll from Fit for Golf in the fitness area so it should be a lot of fun it's it's just a tiny little side project for me but I think a lot of people are going to think it's really interesting a lot of fun to follow along and we're kind of looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I think it sounds cool. So it's one, almost like one season, one student on the journey to break 80. That's very cool. And, and finally, I didn't know this, but before we hit record today, you've got a book coming out, which I didn't know. I, I knew about the podcast. I knew about Team Canada. Obviously, the Open Championship is on everyone's radar. What's the book about?
4: Uh, it's called uh, G- uh, "Golf Psych for Winning Golf. Uh, it's with a longtime friend of mine, Dr. Gary Martin from the U- University of Manitoba. I've got a, a, a longtime passion for sports psychology as it relates to golf, but any sports psychology. And we've been working on this for several years. It, they just take forever to get to get done, uh, but really proud of it. Just, you know, quick, easy, simple things that we know are going to help people with their mental game and score better uh, in an easy to read uh, fashion. It's available on Amazon uh KVP and uh and paperback as well and release in the next few days. It's called uh Golf Psych for Winning Golf.
1: New book, new podcast, Team Canada, Open Championship. You might be the busiest man in golf right now. Derek, thanks so much for taking the time. Good luck. We'll be pulling for you and always a pleasure catching up.
4: Uh, My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on, Mark. Really appreciate it.
1: Great to catch up with Derek. He does have so much going on. And I think Bob has a challenger for the busiest man. In golf with Derek. (laughs) I think, you know, not that I know Adam's busy this week too. I am not as busy as you gentlemen this week. I'm coming off an insane week of John Deere Classics. So, uh we'll just rotate within the show who gets to be busier that week (laughs) than the other on the other side we're going to give away a hundred dollar gift card to mr butcher we're going to open up the phone lines for anyone listening on tsn 1050 in the greater toronto area you are eligible but only if you haven't won if you if you've won already please don't call in your name is already included in the grand prize we're also going to give you the details on how you can win a Phantom II GPS from our friends at Bushnell. We gave away six wingmen coast to coast during the last major with Bushnell Golf, our friends at Bushnell Golf. Another major, another giveaway. We're going to give away six Phantom 2 GPS from our friends at Bushnell Golf. We'll do that. And uh, we'll welcome in Adam Scully. He's going to give us a heads up for uh, what's happening for television this week. 20 weeks of tailor-made update. And then we're going to hear from Adam Hadwin off the top of hour two. Went one on one with Bob. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wind down hour one of GTC. We had a busy hour too. Adam Hadwin went one on one with Bob. We're going to have an open uh, draft for an open championship. Winner's weird and what. I mean, so much to get to, but let's open the phone lines, 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050. For those of you listening in the greater Toronto area on TSN 1050 and have not yet won a Mr. Butcher $100 gift card, we want to know this. Next week's Open Championship at Royal St. George's uh, will be the first Open since 2019. We want to know, Shane Lauer, he won that Open Championship back in 2019. We want to know, where did he win it? What was the name of the golf course that hosted the last Open Championship back in 2019? Shane Lowry won the 2019 Open Championship. What golf course did he win that Open Championship on? For a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card, 870-1050, 416-870-1050. What was the name of the golf course that Shane Lowry won the last 2019 Open Championship on? Okay, Adam Scully joined the show. Skulls, what's going on, brother? Before we get into 20 weeks, TaylorMade. Give us the old uh, TV update for Wednesday. Big Open Championship show.
5: Big Open Championship preview show on Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern. TSN 3 and TSN 4 will break down. We'll preview the Open. We'll have a video essay on John Rom, His quest to get back to world number one, I guess, after the world number one, what, we, what you guys spoke about uh, in, <laughs> in segment one, how weird that is. His we'll quest also to, to
1: continue to play well but not lose number one.
5: Yeah, the summer of Rombo continues, sort of, kind of. Uh, We'll do an in-depth dive on Bryson DeChambeau, his first uh, conquest, if you will, with the new bulk, the new body playing Lynx golf and a new caddy as Mm -hmm. well. We'll discuss that. Plus, we'll preview all four Canadians in the field, TSN Edge picks as well. That's Wednesday, 1 p.m., TSN 3
1: and 4. All right, before we get to 20 weeks of TaylorMade update, got to announce... Last uh, major championship, U.S. Open, we gave away six wingmen with our friends at Bushnell Golf. This time around, we're giving away the new Phantom 2 GPS device. That's right, the new Phantom 2. It's brand new. GPS. This is a GPS device. It gives you distance uh, for green mapping. It's got the bite magnet cart mount, front center back distances to greens. It gives you up to six hazard locations per hole. 38,000 preloaded golf courses, 18 hours of battery life. I mean, this thing is super, super, super cool. We're giving away six. BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, and Atlantic Canada, one for each of the designated regions. We want you to send us a photo. Now, we're going to put this the details out tomorrow on Golf Talk Canada's Twitter and Instagram account, at Golf Talk Canada. We're going to send out the details. But what we want is we want you to send us a photo of your favorite closing hole from the golf course in your province. So what is your favorite closing hole? It could be from a clubhouse. It could be from, you know, center of the fairway. It could be from behind the green. We just want to see the best ending, the best finale, so to speak, to your favorite closing hole on your favorite golf course in the province. Then we want you to send it to at Golf Talk Canada and at Bushnell Golf. Make sure you tag at Bushnell Golf and at Golf Talk Canada if you want to have your entries included in the draw okay adam 20 weeks of TaylorMade. we're almost done i can't believe mm-hmm. it what are we giving away this week
5: yeah so we have a couple more hours left in this week's draw we're giving away the sim to max irons yes a full iron set and all you have to do follow golf talk canada follow taylormade canada twitter and instagram tag your golfing buddies you'll be in a draw to win the same irons bob
1: uses i think are that's those right. wichis
2: yes. irons? Yes, those are mine. There you go. I've used them I've used them well. Mm. They performed brilliantly for me.
1: Except on the second hole at Weston.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> Is the streak <laughs> alive, Bob? Is the streak I've alive? I've tried.
2: Uh, I have not played since our last mission, so uh, I'm going to go out mm. and test it this afternoon. Uh, no, that's not true. Well, last Monday I, I played, actually, and yeah, teed off and hit it in the water.
1: So, so okay, so we have kept the streak is alive, he yes. continues to donate to the second hole at Weston Bob's t p <laughs> five golf ball that's right. and uh, and let me tell you right now, if you hit that t p uh, five golf ball crooked it 's on you it ain't <laughs> that's on right. there okay.
0: yeah, right. <laughs> all
1: right, uh Chris just fired me our winner, Ian page, Ian page, congratulations to Ian Page. you have won a hundred dollar Mr. Butcher gift card, and you are in the grand prize for the Barbecue for you and nine of your friends at the end of the season because you knew that Royal Portrush, one of Adam's favorites, mm-hmm. uh, in Northern Ireland was the host venue of the 2019 Open Championship where Shane Lowry got it done uh, the last time, two years as defending champion as we come up this week to the Open Championship. Okay, on the other side, we're going to kick off our two. Weeks he spoke to Adam Hadwin. Bob, before we throw a break here, you know what I'm starting to feel like? Start to feel like Adam Hadwin, uh, uh, and it's not—it's not—it's not by design, but he's become almost a little bit under the radar, the forgotten Canadian, so to speak. And if you're looking for somebody with the most international experience when it comes to all these things, it's Adam Hadwin, right? We should be talking about him more, should we not?
2: We should. I think it's fair though to sort of question what kind of shape his game is in, which we talked about in the interview, so I won't give that away, uh, but he is a veteran of major championships, he is a veteran of the Open Championship, he's played over there and has had some decent finishes, but I think, uh, I think right now, I think even Adam is kind of questioning, is asking that same question, you know, am I, where am I right now, and, uh, and you'll hear a little bit of that in the interview, but one thing we haven't heard from Mark, I just want to, ask, I just want to bring this yeah. up, we're, we're almost at the end of the, the first hour of the show. And you have not once, not once mentioned Azuri and the championship. Oh, I was, wait- in the oh, Cup. I was I waiting can't for the it.
1: end of the show, Bob. I was waiting for the <laughs> end of the show. Now, you guys should know this. I was well behaved last night because I knew we had the show this morning. And I know we got the show tomorrow, shooting Golf Talk Canada. So I didn't want to be feeling crappy. And but let's just put it this way. I had a lot of cousins saying. Are you coming to College West? That was...
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said, no, nah, I'm just going to sit in my yard and listen to Gino Beats, have some pasta, crush some Brunello, and call it a day. You know, the Gino Beats, Adam, when I was a kid, Stevie B. All that ah. kind of... That's it. We had the Gino Beats cranked in the in the yard mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is. yeah, you basically, mm-hmm. you feel mm-hmm. like you're on a mm-hmm. treadmill for six hours when you listen to right. stuff. <laughs> but, Bob, you're right. The Azuri... Penalty kicks. I will say this. You know, I have a good friend, Chris McKee, used to do our social media on Golf Talk Canada. Still mm-hmm. does traffic for uh, the network and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Chris, a big English soccer fan. I have a lot of English soccer fans. I feel for all the English soccer fans because that's no way to win or lose in, in, yeah. in penalty. In penalty, I feel for everybody. It's a. It's. I'm glad we won, but eh, there's something there. I say you play to you drop in the final. You know, uh, I let that's you know right. What I mean? Put it this way, we wouldn't decide the world championship at WrestleMania that way, Bob. I can tell you that.
2: <laughs> no,
0: exactly. exactly. All
1: right, on the yeah. other side, one on one, Adam Hadwin, Bob Weeks. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour One of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, hour two of GTC. So much still to get to. We've got our Open Championship draft winners, weird or what. We'll get you caught up on all the contests as Scully Claws continues to give things away on Golf Talk Canada. We've also got uh, leaderboard updates. There were winners in the world of golf that we have not gotten to yet in today's show. But first, Adam Hadwick. He has simply the most international experience of any of our Canadians that are playing in the Open Championship. Bob, before Adam went overseas to get ready for this year's Open Championship, Bob had the opportunity to sit down and go one on one with Adam Hadwin. Let's run that interview.
2: Here's Adam Hadwin uh, getting set to jet off to uh, across the pond to uh, jolly old England for Royal St. George's and the Open Championship. Uh, you're a veteran now. It's your fourth appearance at the <laughs> Open Championship, I guess, if you can be a veteran. Uh, at that. And um, I don't know. Where's your game at right now as you as you prepare for the year's last major?
6: Um yet to be turned yet to be determined, I think. Um, you know, it's no secret that I've been going through some struggles. Uh we made some swing changes kinda of beginning of March around uh Bay Hill. Uh it got better, it got worse, it got better. Um so I, I think you know, when I was focusing on things and and doing the right things and and trying to implement some of the changes, um, uh, I, I hit. I had. I had. I was starting to see some shots that I that I wasn't able to hit previously, uh, which I think was a, which a huge bonus, a benefit to me, and something that showed me that we were on the right track. Um, at times, I think I may have got maybe just a little bit too comfortable and started just kind of swinging and, and I hadn't really owned it yet. And that may have set me back previously. So it's still, <clears throat> unfortunately, a work in progress. Um, much of the last year and a half has been a work in progress for me. But, um, I, you know, from what I've seen, like I said, um, I've had trouble playing in wind um, prior. And with some of the swing changes, I played really well at Honda this year. That's a course that I haven't typically played well at. So, seeing some of that i'm I'm really um, excited about what the future may hold, but there's still a lot of work to be done.
2: How tough is it to stay committed to something like this when maybe at the start of it anyway, that you're not seeing the results and you know kind of what you were capable of before
6: It's difficult I mean this was you know this decision was made um, thinking about the long term um, I had grown so inconsistent with the way that I was swinging it and I think the most difficult part for me was every time we would look on video, we would say, Oh, it looks good. Um, and I wasn't producing, um, I wasn't, I wasn't getting the results I wanted. So this was a, uh, a long-term, uh, focused project. Um, and I, I'm not sure I've really even given myself the, uh, the benefit of the doubt while doing this, obviously I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I think we all are on the PGA tour and, Um, it's never easy to play while making changes. And, um, you know, like I said, some of these weeks I've been able to kind of slow things down, put it together, hit shots that I hadn't been hitting and and have good weeks. Um, but there's been a lot of, you know, it's been a lot of hit and miss this year. Um, short game has stayed sharp, thankfully to kind of keep me in a lot of times, but, um, you know, the weeks where my short game maybe hasn't been as sharp, um, I haven't been as close to making the cut. So, um, it's been a bit of a process um but I, I really feel like these last this last month or so again i've, I've really kind of gone back to what we were doing in march and just sort of committing to that process and trying to grind through that um to get to where we need to be um i trust mark and i trust the changes and and like i said i've seen enough from the changes in the ball flight and and hitting some shots that that i know this is the right stuff it's just a matter of put my head down during doing the work and um, allowing myself a little bit of leeway on the golf course. It's not trying not to be so perfect. All
2: right. Uh, let's switch gears over to the open championship. Uh, you're going to adjust, I guess, to the weather over there. If you're talking about wind shots, you're probably good. Yeah. But uh, you've improved that. But uh, do you like
6: links golf? I do. I really enjoy it. Um, we have, we, again, we, we don't play it very much. Um, and so when we do, it's always a challenge. It's always fun. You get to hit different golf shots um you know you're not just grabbing a lob wedge from green side and hitting out a rough so um i really enjoy the creativity of it um like you just mentioned hopefully some of this work uh i think will will pay off uh, a lot at an event like the open being able to control control my ball flight a little bit better in the wind so uh, i'm excited um again it's always nice to, to travel to different parts of the world albeit under a little different circumstances this year and not being able to experience some of those things but um final major of the year so um i'm excited to get over there and, and excited to, to kind of get going and, and see what i have what's
2: we, we've heard about the protocols we know kind of a little bits here and there that they're pretty strict in terms of what the players are allowed to do um how are you adjusting to that or how are you going to adjust and, and kind of make this an experience
6: yeah i mean you know it, it is what it is um i mean certainly uh you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I guess it doesn't really matter what I say here. I'm going to get crap from one side or the other, but you know, I, I mean, I think it's disappointing, you know, it's disappointing to look at seeing that they have, you know, full fans in the stands and in, in Wembley and, um, and uh, you know, 32,000, 32,000 fans a day uh, walking around the golf course, but somehow we're not able to leave our hotel room or leave our place of residence. Um Some of it doesn't make sense, but as we've seen, a lot of it doesn't make sense during this COVID era. Um, But again, I mean, it's a major championship. So at the end of the day, we're all going to be there. We're all going to play and we're all going to, you know, compete for the, uh, for the Claret Jug. So um, you just go and and make do whatever it is. I mean, a lot of it, we're just going to have to figure out on the fly, right? I mean, we're being told, you know, what to expect going in. Um, But, uh, you know, again, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, you know, we'll figure out how to get food and how to how to stay fit and 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 all of that stuff. And like I said, at the end of the day, we're we're playing for a claret jug, and and uh, that's what matters. Uh,
2: and in the bigger scheme of things, as we get closer to the FedEx Cup playoffs, as you've talked about some struggles this year, and you're unusually <clears throat> precarious to the uh, the bottom of the <clears throat> top of the 125, and c- compared to where you normally are. Um, Are you worried about that? Does it play into the back of your mind?
6: I'd love to say no, but yeah, uh, of course it does. Um, You know, I feel like I'm a very, I'm I'm a very, very much a realist. Um, I know where I'm at. I know where I stand. I know what I got to do. And I just haven't been able to execute in the golf course. So yeah, I mean, it's been disappointing, but um, I've got to try. And I think the biggest thing is I've got to try and figure out a way not to be thinking about that. Um, It's easier said than done, but um, yeah, certainly. I mean, jobs on the line. I've got, uh, you know, basically four weeks left to, to go prove myself to continue to play out on the PGA Tour. And you're right, it's not a position that I've been in uh, recently in the last three, four years. So um, the the feeling and, and some of the anxiousness and stuff like that is all new. But um, I think if I can if I can work through this, continue to work on on these long term improvements, um, you know, battle it out. Maintain my status for next year, I think I'll be that much better off for for the following years, and um, I mean that's the goal. I mean, at the end of the day, I have no doubt my abilities i I feel like I should be getting it done even while working through this stuff. Um, I just haven't, so you know it's nice to have a few days off this week before going to the open, put the head down, grind on it, um, and then come out firing these next uh four weeks.
2: nothing a good finish uh next week at the open championship wouldn't cure, right exactly. Adam, thank you for your time and uh, best of luck at uh, chasing that cleric jug. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it.
1: So much amazing stuff there to unpack. Man, I wish we had like two more segments just to talk about what he's talking about, about seeing something on camera and, and it looks good, but maybe the results aren't translating to golf and playing golf swing versus playing golf. and. Trouble's in the wind. Is that, a, is that not trusting new mechanics or not being able to flight your golf ball? And then seeing results at Honda, a place you don't normally play well, and then you play well there because it's windy at Honda, and then gaining confidence from that. I mean, so much for Adam Hadwin that, that I'm sure he's kind of trying to, to work through, uh, and it's all going to come to a head. We've got five weeks left, guys, five weeks left in the regular season. And then we're off to the playoffs. And, you know, Adam Hadwin, he needs to be a part of those playoffs. So let's really pull for Adam over the next few weeks. And good luck at the Open Championship with the rest of Team Canada. Okay, guys, on the other side, we are tight on time. Let's get out of here. Open Championship draft coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Okay, it's time. Open Championship Draft. We like to do this for, well, you know, most of the majors. All the majors, really. We usually go around, pick a an American, a European, an international, and a wild card. Sometimes we'll add a fifth round, etc. We're going to go four rounds this time around the horn. And Adam, let's start with you. We'll start with the American. We'll go Adam, Bob, Mark, and then back the other way. So Adam Scully who do you like in the american category for our draft what team usa member are you going with
5: i'm going with everyone's favorite brooks kepka he is my american <laughs> t2 at the pga t4 at the u.s open t5 at the travelers a top five at an event not a major championship come on brooks kepka also three top tens in his last four open championships i like brooks kepka
1: no surprise there, Bob. We kind of saw that one coming, didn't we? Just, I mean, if there's a major, he's picking right up uh, that, you know. So, Bob, where are you going on this one?
2: Uh, I kind of jumped around a little bit, but I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. I just think he's one of those guys ready for major championship success. Record's not all that tremendous over there. Tied for 41st last year. Runner up in 18 and then a top 20 at, uh, at 2017. So he's got some pretty good chops over there. I just think he's one of those guys who's due and probably a little bit hungrier than uh, some of the other Americans that I considered.
1: You know, it's funny uh, that you and I are thinking the same wavelength here because, you know, I have not been super hot on Xander Shoffley. Uh, not that I don't respect his game. I mean, he plays majors so well. He just doesn't tend to win them. But eventually you gotta think a player of this caliber is gonna kick in the can. Adam was uh been on him the last couple go rounds. I just thought there was too much attention on him, too much eyeballs on him, Bob, when we were at Torrey Pines. I'm not feeling that this time around. So I'll also go Xander Shoffley. So we've got okay. We've got Adam with Brooks Kepka and Bob and Mark with Xander Shoffley. Now, I will say this to you. My next three picks are actually my three picks for this championship, period, full stop, throw out all the categories. They happen to fit our categories. But my next three picks, if you just say, hey, Mark, it's TSN edge time, give us your picks. These are likely the three names that come out of my mouth. My European, we'll go with European and then back around the horn. How do you not go with the real world number one? Not what <laughs> the official World Golf rankings say, but the real world number one, John Rom. If John Rom, I, I think if you know, if you're in a pool, if you've got a fantasy league right now, I mean, if there's a golf tournament worth playing, I'm not saying John Rahm is gonna go tiger on everybody and win seventy percent of his starts. But I would be shocked. Just like this weekend at the Scottish Open, his first start since winning the U.S. Open, where he's knocking rust off, he had a chance to win that golf tournament. And I think every time John Rom puts the ball on the ground at a golf tournament that means something, he's going to have a chance to win it. Win it. The Open Championship is no different. Bob, I'm going John Rom.
2: All right. Well, that was too easy for me, and I don't want to jump. I want to be able to beat you. So I, if I pick the same <laughs> players as you, I won't, be able to, I won't be able to do that. So I'm not going. I'm going to throw out John Rom, which would have been obviously my first pick. I'm going to go with Rory. And I just think, uh, I just think that even coming off the miscut at the Scottish, uh, I think I heard, I heard him talking on the on television last night. He was saying how he found a lot of freedom in his golf swing, and I like that. I hope it's not too free, but I hope he's got some freedom. <laughs> I also hope he's got a little freedom upstairs because remember the first round that he played in this mm-hmm. championship the last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that was kind of a little different matter playing at home. But I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy because I think he's overdue and i've seen a few things in there that make me think that maybe this this is his time
1: freedom i won't let you down he's going with the old george michael uh, for uh, for do, thursday do, <laughs> do 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 Adam, who you like it for your euro
5: Okay, gents, well, the last time the Open Championship has been held at Royal St. George's, the last two times actually, long shots have really won this. So Darren Clark was 150 to 1 pre tournament heading into the last time the Open Championship mm-hmm. was here. Ben Curtis in 03 was anywhere from 300 to 500 to 1 mm-hmm. to win. Now, I'm not going to pick someone who's 500 to 1 right now, but I will give someone with a, with a little more value, and that's Paul Casey, who has made the cut in all five majors in the super season including a T4 at the PGA, T7 at the U.S. Open. I
1: think it could be Paul Casey's time to shine. Paul Casey, great pick. Bob and I always like Paul Casey at big events. Bob, you and I have been kind of waiting for him to break out Augusta many years. To your point, Adam, we, haven't, we have seen long shots at this venue. Now, Ben Curtis, that was a weather gift. Uh, like mm. we've never seen one. How many hours ahead did he finish in that championship? Which can happen at the Open. It's part of the storyline. So, Adam's International, uh, shoot, a European. He bypasses John Rahm oh, yeah. and a list of successful European players and goes with Paul Casey. He's either a genius or he's going to be texting Bob and I on Thursday afternoon saying, What was I thinking? <laughs> okay, Adam, international player, where are you going?
5: All right, international flavor here. So a South African, Louis Oosthuizen has done very well in the past couple of majors, but I'm going with Brandon Grace for mm. the Open Championship here. Has the major championship single-round record with a 62. But that came at the third round of the Open back in uh, 2017 at Burkdale. Also came T7 at the U.S. Open, T4 at
1: the Memorial. Made the cut at the Scottish Open last week. I like Brandon Grace. Brandon Grace for the uh, international. Bob, international flavor, where are you going?
2: I'm going with the aforementioned Louis Ustazen. I like Louis at this tournament. He has uh, won it, of course, back in 2010 at, the, uh, at S- uh, St. Andrews, at the old course. Last two starts, tied for 20th, tied for 28th in this tournament. And just, you know, he played well at the U.S. Open. He's just a guy who just seems to run on, st- on, on uh, major to major to major. I just like his, his form. He never seems to get too high. never seems to get too low. So I'm predicting uh, a nice, consistent four rounds for him. And uh, he'll be holding the Claire jug one more time.
1: Ditto. My pick (laughs) is ditto. How do you not take Louis Eustacean? All he does is top three uh, at majors. He's a top three machine. Sooner or later, this has to give in. To Bob's point, the one he was able to win was 2010 Open Championship. I love Louis Eustacean. He's played great this season. He should have multiple wins already. Hard not to go Louis Eustacean. I also, Bob, was looking at the rest of this category... And there are some good players and some dark horses that you can make cases for, but there's nobody leaping out of the page with the exception uh, uh, of Louis Oosthuizen at the moment, I'm going with Louis as well. Okay, my wild card guys, we all know where I'm going with this. How are we not going, Victor Hovland? I've been on the Victor <laughs> Hovland bandwagon all year. He just won recently on the European Tour. This is one of the best players in the world. It's a young star. He's eventually going to catch Colin Morikawa to get his name in that hat to say, "Look, I can win majors too." Cullen, he's right up there. And I think if there's one weak spot in Victor Hovland's game is sometimes his pitching and chipping around the green. He's been open about that, although in the last 12 months it's gotten a lot better. But at an open championship where you can keep the ball on the ground, where the green speeds are a little slower, where you've got some options around the greens, where you're not being asked to hit that high soft one all day long, watch out. This screams Victor Hovland to me. Wild card for me, Victor Hovland. Bob?
2: I am going to go with a guy who's... Played a lot of uh, Lynx golf and has been just kind of humming around the top of leaderboards all year without really winning. I had a good week last week and that is Matthew Fitzpatrick. And I think that he might be just ready and uh, have all the the fits to kind of put this together on a course like this. I just like his game for, for uh, uh, Lynx course. He's kind of playing at home, so why not, right?
1: I love that pick. Uh, I think you're bang on. You played great this week. Uh, That's under the radar, I think, for sure. And uh, I love that pick, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Okay, Adam, final pick.
5: Yeah, for me, I'm going with the newly married Xander Shoffley as my wild card pick. 17 career majors, 9 top 10s. Bobby mentioned the T2 at Carnoustie in 2018. Came T10 last week at the Scottish Open. For me, with Xander, I'm still curious about the putter is the arm bar still going to be in play, slow greens, et cetera, et cetera. But Xander Shoffley, he's going to be in the mix come Sunday, I really believe. And maybe it's his time to finally knock one of these off and get that first career major
1: championship. All right, so we all have Xander Shoffley on our teams, although Bob and I took him as our American. Adam took him as a wild card, but we all have Xander. Bob and I are both on Louis Oosthuys, and I'm the only player, only guy here with John Rom, which is surprising. To me (laughs) we will wait and see and of course we'll do our tsn edge picks official tsn edge picks on wednesday's version of golf talk canada television open preview and there will be no handcuffs no categories who do you like three guys off you go will any of us change will there be surprises I don't think there's going to be much changes coming from me. I really wanted Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm with Bob on this. I really think that if I had a fourth pick, it probably would have gone that way. I think that's a great pick. But you ain't going to hear much different from me on Wednesday. I'm curious as to where you gentlemen go on Wednesday afternoon. Okay, coming up on the other side, it is winner's weird of what? Three dub. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving.
1: Welcome back, GTC. Okay, we just finished our open draft. It's time for Winner's Weird and What. Three dub, good, bad, and ugly. And this week, gentlemen, the T is mine.
0: I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
1: All right, gentlemen, this week my winner is going to be our Open Championship venue, Royal St. George's. And the reason is, I love the fact, now it's hosted 14 Open Championships in the past, 14 in total, but six of them are modern era, okay, Uh, from the 1940s and up. And if you throw out Greg Norman's outlier in 94, where he just ran over the field at Royal St. George's, the average winning score, if you add up the other five championships and divide them by five, is 2.6 under par. I mean, most of the time, you've got like a five under par winner. We've had one under par. We've had one over. This typically is a very, very hard open championship venue. And we know sometimes, Bob, well, you know, what? when we get good weather at St. Andrews, we can get 20 under. And I think this is the kind of venue, Bob, where if we get uh, great weather, we're still not going to get that number.
2: No, I think you're right. I've been to a couple of opens there, Ben Curtis's and uh, Darren Clark's. And both, uh, if there's any kind of wind that comes off, which is pretty much every day, it's... Uh, it really gets difficult, and it can really get slippery. And I would say, like the Ben Curtis year, if you look, go back and look at that and see the, just the carnage on the back nine of players like Thomas Bjorn and Tiger Woods. And I mean, it was just unbelievable how difficult that golf course played. Uh, it's, uh, listen, these guys are in for a test this week if they get any kind of weather.
1: Which means we're in for a treat watching this, and uh, it's going to be fun. Breakfast of the Open Championship always a fun one. Okay, uh, you know what name guys never came up in our draft, and hasn't come up in today's show, other than me going, "How is he world number one?" Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson's gone back to world number one, and he's my weird this week. You know, Justin Ray is a great follow on Twitter. You you know, he's got Uh some great numbers. And he sent this out just kind of in the middle of of yesterday's golf tournament. It might even have been Saturday. It didn't get much attention because everybody was, you know, watching the Scottish Open, watching the John Deere Classic, and not really, really thinking Open Championship yet. But, you know, Dustin Johnson, there's only two players Since 2015, think about this. In the last six years, when Dustin Johnson has been near or at number one in the world, there's only two players in the world with more rounds of 75 or more at the Open Championship than Dustin Johnson. Sandy Lyle has seven, and Todd Hamilton has six of rounds of 75 or higher. Dustin Johnson, five, guys. Five rounds at the Open of 75 or higher. Now, I know a lot of times luck of the draw, but Adam. Come on. You know, 75 to to put Dustin Johnson's name in the same category or the same tweet as Sandy Lyle and Todd Hamilton, that's head scratcher.
5: It is bizarre how he has played some really strange rounds had some bad breaks had some poor shots i'll never forget as well back in 2018 he missed the cut at the open championship came back bobby did an interview with dustin on the wednesday the day before uh that rbc canadian open at glen abbey he went on to lap the field that week so (laughs) it's crazy how dj has performed and dj had a great chance the last time the open championship was held at real st george's hit that shot out of bounds of course in the final round which was crazy so curious which dj shows up this week
1: well, it's funny you mentioned that shot that kind of went out of bounds. It wasn't a shank, but it was pretty close to going dead right. With a was it out of fair? I believe it was a fairway metal, off the top of my head. I can't, I don't believe it was an iron. It was a fairway metal. But my what this week, guys, is what an amazing shank. You know, we can all appreciate a great hazel rocket, and <laughs> I don't really like you know the kind of like guys where I'm halfway in and it's a little bit of hazel and it comes off. You know. Eh, kind of like without conviction. Sebastian Munoz, leading the John Deere Classic, has won on the PGA Tour. Leading the John Deere, he's standing just off the fairway in the first hole yesterday in the final round, looking for another victory. And he gives us an epic hosel rocket. Did you guys (laughs) see this? I mean, this thing came off sideways at 1,000 miles an hour. Could have killed somebody. For his first approach to the day, if your nerves weren't already bad enough trying to ease your way into a round that you're leading, heading to the uh, winner's circle on the PGA Tour, I'm sure the hazel Rocket didn't do him any favors. Okay, boys, that's it for me. Adam, tea is yours.
4: Yeah, well, I I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one (laughs) here. Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin.
5: Okay, before I get to my winner, I have to tell you, I hit an epic shank on Saturday. (laughs) Greenside bunker shot, had to sort of fly a shot about four yards and let it trickle down. I hit this ball 40 yards over the green, nearly decapitated one of my buddies I was playing with. Thankfully, I didn't. I did get up and down from 40 yards over the green for a routine bogey, some would say. But uh, shanks, uh, they come every now and again, and I'll get to... almost a shank a little later in my free dub uh my winner this week the european tour so pre-covid the european tour had some these unbelievable videos on social media where we got to see a lot of these players personalities and they released a video last week called the fake pundit so they had uh, a broadcaster, an interviewer, asked some guys some questions, and Matt Walsh and another member of the European tour uh, were in his ear. He was he had an earpiece in, basically trying to give him wrong information. So, for example, Colin Morikawa walks up, and the guy says, "Hey, Colin, you know what? You're named after Colin Montgomery. You know, what are your thoughts on this?" And Morikawa is given like, "What are you talking about, man?" <laughs> and same thing with Padraig Harrington. There, it, it's a great video. It's nine minutes long. I'd recommend checking it out on the European tours. Uh, Twitter and Instagram page but Bob it's great to see the European doer do stuff like this where you really get to see the players personality
2: they did another one like that too where it was uh, years ago they had the same thing they had a couple of guys feeding in information behind and they were you know they kept they had them talking it was Zach Johnson but kept calling him Dustin or maybe the other way around I can't remember but boy they they are so creative and the players are willing to uh, to take part Uh, it just makes them all so much more human
5: it really does uh, looking forward to seeing the next european tour video come out hopefully uh very soon now mark you mentioned uh, the the Hazel rocket by sebastian Munoz. how about justin thomas waiting in the fairway on saturday he's got the three with his hand he was getting ready he's got to hit a big bomb and he straight up cold tops it now i gotta say of the guys on the pga tour european tour the world of golf there's a couple of guys who we've seen a lot of shanks and mishits with a lot. You know, Webb Simpson comes to mind. Ian, Ian Poulter, Poulter comes to mind. Yeah. But Justin Thomas, we've seen a couple of squirrely shots. One in particular, a couple of years ago, a driver off the deck that almost went dead sideways. JT is really adding his name to those who, you know,
1: miss hit or shank or top shots more often than not. No. Yeah. Love it. I saw it too. It was when you see it, it's like it's your reaction to seeing one of the best players in the world do it, it's like you, you double-take. You know you yep. just saw it, but you can't believe that you just saw it, right? It was like mm-hmm. uh, it was unbelievable. And I don't know, did you see Adam Shank with it in the rough at the John oh, Deere yeah. on the back nine-two? He, he hit one where it wasn't a shank, but the contact was so bad that he almost missed the ball. It went 15 feet on a full swing. He was trying to advance the golf ball 180 yards. He moved it 15 feet. I mean... It's fun to watch.
5: It certainly is fun to watch. And one other, my what this week, also fun to watch. I know everyone was just so excited about the match last week. The ratings were (laughs) through the roof. It was the greatest thing ever. Snooze Fest. They took about six hours to play 14 apples. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers, what a golfer. I mean, he was hitting ball speeds up to 180 miles per hour. He was doing the Kevin Na walk-in play a couple times, probably outplayed Bryson from time to time. I, I thought Aaron Rodgers' performance at the match was unbelievable watching the highlights after the fact. Uh, Bob, did you see any any of the highlights of that?
2: Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't. I had a whole bunch of people in my Twitter feed ask me where they could watch it, and I said... Uh, I don't know. I really don't
5: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hard. It was hard to find. Uh, they took forever to play. Tom Brady and Mickelson now Owen 2 as partners. I doubt we'll see him again as partners, but I guess, as they say, only time will tell. Okay, Bob, the tea is now yours.
6: So so what do I do? Just aim for the pond?
5: No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water.
6: But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. <laughs> Look, it went further than your ball.
2: All right, well, my winner this week, I actually sent, when I sent my list into you this morning, uh, Adam, I had just one name on there, but I'm going to expand a little bit. First mm. off, Mike Weir, great performance, runner-up yeah. at the U.S. Senior Open, which is a major, uh, came down the stretch and actually had, you know, a good chance to maybe put a little heat on Jim Furyk, but uh, he kept kind of, Going the reverse uh, bounce back. He would make a birdie and or an eagle and then a couple of holes later make a bogey. But uh, he shot equal the uh, lowest round of the day on Sunday in tough, tough conditions in Omaha and a runner up finish. He's now moved to eighth on the Charles Schwab Cup. So good for Mike Weir. And also, how about the Corn Ferry onslaught for Canadians? Yes. Four Canadians inside the top 16. Uh, Taylor Pendrith bogeyed the last hole, unfortunately, to miss a playoff. He has still not got a win on that. It's hard to believe he's so so uh, dominant on that tour without the win. And then uh, you also got Adam Svensson, who, cra- who finally got through the uh, the safety line. So he's guaranteed himself a spot next year on the PGA Tour, as has Pendrith. So Canadians looking good over the weekend on a couple of other tours outside the PGA Tour. My weird this week? And I think a lot of people probably saw this. This is the weirdest thing, though. I mean, some guy, as, as John Rahm and Rory McIlroy are getting ready to tee off uh, at the uh, Scottish Open, some guy just walked up onto the course, picks up the head cover off Rory's driver, then reaches back in and grabs an iron. And they're kind of looking around at him, not really paying all, like, too much serious attention. But, you know, I, I know that when you get onto the tour, a lot of times they have the guys who do the Daryl survey. So that's the club count. That the, the uh, all the club companies contribute to, and the guy will come on board and he'll look at it and he'll take count your clubs and look at the certain things. But this was a little bit above and beyond. He took a club out, and it looked like he was going to go over and take a swing with the head cover using that as a golf ball. Before they finally realized what was going on, I don't know. Mark, would you? What would your, Don't you think if Steve Williams had been there, this guy would have been on the ground with probably two broken legs?
1: I, I <laughs> exactly <laughs> like. I'm like I'm just shocked. That it could, go A, happen, Bob, but then take that long. Like, if you watch that video, to your point, it takes a while before the DJ and Rory kind of look over, and he, take, he takes his time, and I'm like, where's security? Question for you, forget the Steve Williams even part of it, because that's a good point. If that was Tiger Woods, could that even happen? There was always a guy with Tiger, with the arm piece, I mean, with the side piece, et cetera. I mean, yeah. weird, man, super weird. Uh-huh.
2: Super weird, and that's why it is my weird. Uh, and then finally, we're going to my what, which is, uh, I don't know, what do we make of the news on Friday? It came sort of late on a Friday afternoon that the Ontario government, the, one of the ministers there, Steve Clark, said that he has reached an agreement with Clublink uh, to not develop Glen Abbey Golf Course. Now, Glen, you know, Glen Abbey Golf Course takes its its lumps as a tournament site, but it's still an important golf course. And now, uh, Clublink has apparently said, okay, we're not going to develop it, and just pulled the development plan off the table. They avoided going to the Ontario Land Tribunal, which was scheduled for this week. Um, The city of Oakville, the town of Oakville, has spent $10 million battling this court case, so I'm sure they're happy to see the end of it. But it just seems a little bit strange to me that after all this, one call from a minister, and Clublink says, okay... I'm going to. Uh, I'm just going to back off here. There's got to be something out more to this story that's got to come out at some point. Like maybe, how about if you get rid of Club Link, we'll give you allow you to do this. or in some other course, what do you think, Mark? Do you, thoughts yeah, on that?
1: You know what I, You know if it smells like a rat and it looks like a rat, right? Like there's. I was with you, Bob. I didn't even know how to react. There was people celebrating and thinking, you know, oh, this is the return of Glen Abbey and the Canadian Open's going to come back there. And now. Gulf Canada doesn't have to move anymore. And and you guys, as we all know, there's our, there's already wheels in motion for a lot of this stuff that we're talking about. And now what happens to those wheels in motion? So I'm not ready to celebrate this. And I'm with you, Bob. Like, there's something here that we don't know mm-hmm. about. And it's likely, to your point, Bob, remember those handcuffs we put on this property that you guys own over there? We're going to get out of the way here. and We're going to give you the old uh, roll out the welcome mat over there when no one's paying attention, and you guys just uh, don't get in the way of this one. Adam, what do you think? Did you Were you shocked when you saw it? Because this has been a story, Bob, for what, 10 years now? It's,
2: well, it's it's actually officially, like, 2017 was one of mm-hmm. the four, all the legal stuff, but it's been back and forth and a lot of money spent and head-scratching. Yeah.
5: Certainly, he, certainly head-scratching. I mean, you know, the last time... The RBC Canadian Open was held, you know, 2018 when Dustin Johnson, like I mentioned earlier, had that quasi-parade called. He won by a couple shots. But, I, you know, I, I, I'll never forget standing on that 18th green and fans chanting DJ, DJ, DJ. And the feeling was that was it. That was going to be the last Canadian yeah. Open. That was going to be it for the golf course, and here we are three years later still going. So it's a strange situation
1: for sure. Bizarre. Bizarre. Okay, guys, on the other side, we will put a bow on today's show. We will recap some leaderboards. We'll get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada, TV contests, etc. and we will say goodbye for now. All coming up on the other side. This is GTC.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac. Spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton-Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, go to at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram, at Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Tomorrow morning, we're going to let you know how you can win a Bushnell Golf Phantom GPS 2. A Phantom GPS 2. We're giving away six coast-to-coast during Open Championship Week. Go to at golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram tomorrow morning to find out how you can win. Speaking of Bushnell Golf, let's do a leaderboard update brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in all of golf on the LPGA Tour. They had to call it a 54-hole victory for Nasa Hatatoka. Hatatoka? Am I pronouncing that correct, Bob? Hatoka?
2: Yeah, pretty good. Pretty I got close. that right?
1: Good. All right. She <laughs> has a six-shot win. It was a parade anyway. Six shot victory over uh, Mina Herrig and Elizabeth Zolkal. A parade. Congratulations to her on the LPGA Tour win. Scottish Open. What a field. Minwoo Lee upset in a a playoff over Thomas Dietrich and Matthew Fitzpatrick. They all finished at 18 under par. And Minwoo Lee gets it done in the playoff. Look at the names in the in, in the rearview mirror here. Lucas uh, Herbert, Ryan Palmer, Ian Poulter, John Rahm, Justin Thomas. Bounces back with a Sunday 65. Xanders in there, quite the field at the Scottish Open. TPC Colorado Championship at Heron Lakes Tag Ridings. 19 years to get it done in a playoff over David Skins, Kevin Yu. Taylor Penroth just misses the playoff by one shot. Hinn and Madman Svensson in the top ten of this one. And they now officially, as Bob outlined in Winners Where to What, we knew Taylor was in. And now Adam's in as well. So Adam Svensson, Taylor Penroth, join Nick Taylor, Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors. Those are five with guaranteed spots on the PGA Tour next year. And, of course, Adam Hadwin... And Michael Glickick and Roger Sloan and David Hearn still fighting against inside that top 125. So it's five and counting for Team Canada heading into next season. Speaking of Team Canada, U.S. Senior Open Mike Weir with a narrow miss. Loses by three. Jim Furyk. Furyk tried to give this away, guys, early in his round. Ends up finishing strong. Closes 71 Nice performance from Jim Furyk, becomes one of only eight players in history to win the U.S. Senior Open and the U.S. Open. Well done, Jim Furyk. And at the John Deere Classic, Lucas Glover ends a 10-year drought, 19 under par. Get it done over Ryan Moore and Kevin Na. Okay, Skulls, TV update this week, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. What do we got? When do we air on Wednesday for our Open Championship show?
5: wednesday tsn three and four at 1 p.m eastern that is our 60 minute open championship preview show tsn edge picks winners weird and what a deep dive of bryson dechambeau the incredible bulk versus lynx golf for the first time a look at john Robb, now the world number two will he get back to world number one this week we'll take a look at all four canadians in the field including richard t lee who qualified for this tournament last year when it was going to happen in 2020 of course the 2020 Open Championship didn't happen due to COVID-19. Uh, 20 weeks of tailor-made. Only hours left. We're giving away a Sim 2 Max iron set. Follow Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies, and we'll announce our draw later tonight.
1: All right. Um, I was scared to tell Bob this earlier in the show because he Uh-oh. picked Rory McIlroy. So I was scared to tell him this. So you know uh we're happy about our uh our new partnership with Sun Media we've got so much going on tailor made bushnell uh you know eh, there's so much going on but um so my first uh piece for uh Sun Media comes out next week and bob it was about Rory and there's troubles with Rory's <laughs> uh oh <laughs> one Uh-oh. of us is going to be
2: wrong <laughs> yeah. now i would
1: say this though i what i did say this though that um, I said the world's a better place when Rory's winning majors. So I hope that he's got it together. And there's some glaring numbers that I came across that are just, they're so obvious as to what's wrong and yet so frustrating as to a couple of years later, we haven't addressed the obvious yet. And maybe, who knows, maybe that early round practice, Bob, like he suggested, he's feeling free in his golf swing to your point. Pl-
5: We just lose Mark.
1: I think we lost Mark. Oh, he's back. He's back. Lose me, guys. Oh, there we're we back. I,
2: I, think Rory. Uh, I think Rory cut his mic off. I think that's what happened there. So <laughs> that was the, that was the easy way to go. Poor Mark. He just uh, he can't catch a break. Whenever he's trying right. to talk, as he's back there. Yet? There you go. Am I back, boys? Yes, you are back. We're just back.
1: in time to sign off. Isn't modern day technology wonderful? <laughs> anyway. Love it. Guys, I'm going to see you on uh, TV. Uh, great to chat. I'm glad you guys had a great weekend. It's going to be a fun major. And, uh, Bob, we're going to see a ton of you and, and Adam this week. You guys, not a lot of sports in the world uh, going on right now. Golf is going to be a huge focus. So great to have golf in the spotlight for the final major of the year. You guys have a great weekend. If you play golf, keep it in the fairway. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out Wednesday, 60-minute Open Championship preview special. Coming up next, if you're listening on TSN 1050, it's Leafs Lunch. Big major week in the world of golf. TSN, as always, your home for all major championship golf. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television. Weekly on the TSN Television Network.